super excited to get into today's episode of Get Up 10 with my guest, John Costa. We had a really fun conversation, a really great conversation. We talked about a lot of different topics, so I can't wait for you guys to hear it. A little bit about John, that he is from Rhode Island. He is in ministry. He is a comedian and also actor. He's going to be in two upcoming movies. So I'm really excited to just share this discussion with y'all. I hope that you smile. I hope that the light bulb goes off for you. Um, I hope that you take some notes. I hope that you hear something that you d- decide to share it with somebody else because it might help them too. So without further ado, let's get into this discussion with John Costa. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Up Some Podcast. I'm here with John Costa and I'm super excited for this discussion because this is his first podcast so i don't know i'm feeling like vip like <laughs> good morning it is good. Morning right now when we're recording so good morning are you, are you on the same time zone as me 9 30 where you are yeah i'm in florida right. and you're in rhode island right yep yeah east coast i think have i been to i have been to rhode island because I grew up playing basketball, and literally, basketball brought me from Maine to Florida and everywhere in between on the okay. East Coast. So I have okay. been to Rhode Island before. <sighs> so, wait, Rhode Island is not like a common state. So are you from there? Have you always been there? or did you? Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know where, where Rhode Island is, so there's Connecticut, then so there's New York, then there's Connecticut, then there's Rhode Island. Um, if you're north, wherever the Patriots play, my state is 45 minutes away from there. You always got to explain that to people. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. That gives me a visual as well, even though I've been there. So I know, but that's true. Oh, Patriots territory. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not okay. a Patriots fan. I'm not a Patriots okay. fan. So don't hate me. I'm not one. And I'm not even a football fan. So I don't know. I think that's just a New Yorker in me. But <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on this podcast episode today. And I started to get up time for two reasons. And one is to just encourage people to get up every time life knocks you down, get back up again. And also just to encourage people to be themselves, uh, to be authentic, to just show up and not always be so concerned about being perfect or being all put together and having filters and all that stuff to just be yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the two motives behind my podcast. And I'm so excited to be able to share my platform with other people because I have my story and I tell it proudly. However, my story might not reach somebody, but your story might be able to speak to somebody in a whole nother way or Mm -hmm. more specifically than my story ever could. And so that's why I love to bring guests on here. So with that being said, let's get right into it. How has life knocked you down? Mm. Let's talk about it. So I think for a while, uh, when, you, when you say life knocks you down, I had a uh, a Gideon mindset, whereas if like, you know, God was trying to send me places and I didn't think I was good enough to get there. So I want to say maybe for the past 10 to 12 years, I was just a Gideon in a wine cellar. I didn't think I was good enough to do anything. I didn't think I was good enough to go anywhere. I didn't think I was good enough to be with anybody. Um, I definitely didn't think I was a good father at all. Um, so I want to say life got the best of me. I started to 
push everything out of my mind by putting work before everything. Um, that was like my, uh, everybody has like an addiction, like, you know, drugs or mine was work. Mine was if I can just get to work, um, I can just like shut everything out. And so with that, I think that's how life knocked me down was just putting, even putting work before God. That's how, I want to say that's how life knocked me down because it was, uh, it was a struggle. Like everybody's like, oh, you always work and you always work and you always seem happy. But, you know, and the inside, it's like nobody really knows what you're going through. Yeah, that's real. So I'm about to get in your business. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so you mentioned uh, not good enough to be a father. So yeah. how many children do you have? I have one. Okay. And it's a girl or boy? It's a girl. Oh. So I, I I have I have one, but I'd like to say I have three because there's two other ones who are not mine, but I like to when I'm around them, I want I feel like they're yeah. mine. Yeah. Okay, got you. And uh you talked about is it fair to say that you were a workaholic? Yes. Some would okay. say some would say I, I was a Jamaican because I had like ten <laughs> jobs. <laughs> Ah, I'm cracking up because ah, I love Jamaican people and Jamaican food. But anyways, what were you doing at the time for work? Or are you still doing that? Or? So actually, tomorrow is like my last day with that company. Um, oh. So I was uh, I was in food and service. I was doing security. I was working overnight. I was driving trucks. I was doing any and everything to stay busy. Hmm. So this is like a side side story side note that I was not planning on getting into but it just came to my mind um so a few months ago I don't even know if I, I'm just gonna go with this <laughs> okay. a few months ago I was talking to this guy and we were thinking about getting into a relationship and he was in that work mode grind mode like anytime he had a chance to pick up a shift um he would even to the point where it's like we had plans and he would cancel because he decided to go to work and it got to the point where he actually ended up in a car accident because he was working so much and he wasn't mm -hmm. sleeping and he ended up like driving into a pole and I feel like that can be a thing for for men I feel is it safe to say like for men where you just like throw yourself into your work and it becomes like the thing like you that's like um I don't know. so for from a men's standpoint i think it's more as if like we have to have a mindset of we have to have enough money to support what we want to do mm -hmm. so all right so i, I guess if we're going to dive we're, we're going to deep dive in this category then oh, yeah. well, we're probably going to go all over the place probably. so and this this is like a this is like a, such a uh a touchy um sensitive category for men because like, you know, like T.D. Jake says, you know, if a man is at home, then, you know, the household is in trouble. But when he works all the time, there's not enough time to spend with the family. But for I want to say maybe 40 to 50 percent of men, they want to be able to live comfortably. That means, you know, make sure there's a there's a roof over you know the head. You know, there's clothes on the back. You know, there's a car, you know, there's some sort of transportation. And then on top of that, it's like when you're in a relationship now, it's just like. I don't want to say it's another added expense, added expense, but it's like you want to make sure that when y'all go on a date, it's to the point where it's like 
I got it. I don't know about guys, but for me, it's like if whenever I take like my lady on a date, I want to pay for it. You know, I don't want you to come out of pocket. And I don't know why that's just a thing. Like, I don't I don't think I've ever been on a date where and where a lady's pulled out a card first and is like, hey, let me pay. You know, maybe in the past, but now it's just to a point where it's like, no, I don't want you to pay. Like, you know, let me pay. And it's not like a, um, I want to show off all the money I got. It's just like, that's the gentleman in me. It's like, you know, let me pay. You know, you have, you know, I know you got to do what you got to do. So, you know, let me pay. Let me take care of this one. Yeah. And I, I think that's also, well, it's part of being a gentleman and also part of being a provider. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. Um, has your lady ever complained about you working too much like has that been an issue in your relationship or um not really or i mean some things you know you don't have to say to notice it so i i did you know during the like during the summertime i was at an amphitheater and it was like work kind of just you know took over the summer so it was kind of like our first summer ever along with you know my first summer having you know my daughter with me so it was like you got to try to balance it all and it's like it's kind of tough to balance because you know you're at work at like nine in the morning you're not getting out till 12 in the morning and then it's like all right well you know I got to be a dad you know I got to be a boyfriend and no way shape or form do I want her to ever like if she if she like watches this podcast I don't ever want her to think like wow this guy really thought I was an added expense no like and then we're we're, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about her like well we're gonna bring her up because she's okay. like she's she's special but it, it's more so like it is a lot. Of, like I said, a lot of things don't need to be said to be said. Um, I did notice that, you know, work did start, you know, because when you have concerts, it's not like. It's like, all right, well, we're set up. I got to go home. No, because in my position as a manager, it's like you got to do the setup. And then while the concert's happening, you got to make sure everything's going good. And then, you know, you don't leave till all your staff leave. So. As, you know, at some point, I did kind of see it as like, all right, I think I'm working too much. Um, I think it's time to, you know, reevaluate on how to do things a lot better, how to make more time. So, I mean, that's why I'm leaving. Um, I just had to, you know, make better life decisions and not have work take over. So instead of, you know, picking up, you know, this job and then trying to pick up another job, it's like, all right, I found one job where I can just have this one job make enough to you know support everything that I want to do yeah and that's another thing I've noticed in my male friends is when they don't really have like a solid vision or direction for their lives they'll just pick up like all these jobs or like whatever is good for the moment and one of my friends I noticed recently he had this mentality shift from like I don't want a job anymore I want a career I want something that has like longevity so that's cool. I think that's I'm I'm happy for you that you are entering this new season and yes. I hope that it brings better life balance for you for sure. Thank you. So tell me how old is your daughter? So my daughter is 9. Um okay. she lives in a small town in King Street in South Carolina. Oh wow. Yeah, so um it's tough. I'm not going to say it's like, it's easy. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you don't have your daughter with you. You have so much free time. It's not, it's not what everybody thinks. Like, you know, I, when I'm here at my house, I keep her door closed. So, you know, not to just think of the memories of when she was here. Yeah, that must be tough. And 
So does she? Hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I want to get into this still, because <laughs> I still want to get a better picture of how life has knocked you down. So I'm kind of tempted to like. Not I shouldn't say tempted at because I am gonna do it. I want to ask. <laughs> yep. Like do you remember the first time that you felt like you weren't enough or just moments that really like ingrained that into like where did that mentality come from as in being a father figure for you to say that like I'm not enough or I don't belong here I'm not good enough like where do you have you ever thought back on like where that came from or any moment when that- when you can see your daughter happy when you're not there Hmm. so it was something that came later on in adulthood not necessarily like as a child yeah okay so it's you know when when you know she's happy and you know it doesn't like involve daddy and you know you're just in that dark place it was like well maybe i'm just i'm not good enough you know maybe i just didn't you know do a great job so that's that's where that mentality comes from. And that stems off with, you know, with like a lot of things that can be like any point in your life. Like when you're single for a while, it's just like, OK, am I just not good enough? Because you'll be on social media and you'll see like the awkwardest people together and you be like, so they're together and I'm still single. Like, they, you know, they got to be something wrong. But when you like when you re- reevaluate yourself, you kind of realize that. The person that you're praying to be, you already are. Hmm. You just got to find that inside of you. That's good. Okay. So you mentioned, so your daughter's nine. She does not mm-hmm. live with you. Um, no. Are you, So were you and her mother together at some point? We was. Or, okay. Um, and- I, I want to say when my daughter was three. We kind of split. Okay. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit more? You don't have to go like into detail, but just like, like, how did you meet her? Like, did you think that she was the one at one point? Like, was that breakup hard for you? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, it was a hard breakup. I, like, I don't want to say like now I think about it, but, you know, but at the time, it you yeah. know, it was a hard breakup because it's like, it's like you got that one gift that, you know, a lot of people wish they can have. Like you have, you're a father. Yeah. And then it, it's like taken away from you, right? Yeah. And being a father is, I mean, I can only speak from the perspective of being a mom. I love being a mom. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for it. Um, was Did you always want to be a dad? Like, did you have healthy father figures in your life growing up or... Um, yes and no. Um, like there, there's some things I want to touch on, but you know, when people watch the podcast, I don't want them to think like, oh, wow, that's how he really feels. So it's kind of like some things I'm just going to like, you know, tread lightly on. My dad was there, but I want to say the system got the best of me. And now I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. And did you have other healthy male figures in your life growing up as well? Yeah. So um, uh, I had a guy, Earl Lynch. He was like, you know, my mom's husband. He was like a 
he was like somewhat of a good guy to, you know, look up to, you know, God rest his soul. You know, I have a guy, uh, Ronnie Matthews Jr. and Sr., who are like, they've been like male role models still to this day. Um, Robert Stanley, you know, my two brothers, um, I look up to them somewhat a lot. That's good. I think, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a man, obviously, but I think that there is a difference when a man has like healthy uh, male figures in his life. I think it definitely adds to who he is as a man. So I'm happy to yeah. hear that. And oh, I had another question. Oh, yes. Okay. So you shared with me that you're in ministry. And so have you always... um like had faith did you grow up in church or did that yeah, happen later so in life we, let's talk about that so we grew up in church but when I say we grew up in church it was like Monday prayer Wednesday Bible study you know Friday choir rehearsal Sunday church and then you know at one point it was like God you know I want to go to hell because this is just way too much church for me as a, <laughs> as a kid we was doing all that stuff and then we had and then it was like at one point it was like me my sister and my two brothers we were like a choir and I'm just like this ain't it. Like at the time it was, when I really look at it, that wasn't it at all. But I always knew I had a calling. I just didn't want to pick it up at the time. Yeah. And I'm laughing because um, I just spoke with Kevin Novak and Kevin Novak <laughs> and he said the same thing. Like, if this is it, I want to go to hell. So I'm cracking up. But I also feel like when you do have a call on your life, like the enemy definitely tries to come in and, throw anything that he can at you to get to yeah. prevent you from getting to that calling so looking back on your faith journey um what are some of the attacks that you had to overcome or are overcoming um I think the biggest one was suicide thoughts mm. um I, I want to say that was like the biggest one you know when 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 the enemy is bothering you you're doing something right yeah when he's not bothering you then you're doing a lot of things wrong so it, it was just that I had, I, I think one of the things I struggled with was pride. I had a lot of pride. Um, mm. I thought I was too good. I didn't want to ask anybody for help. I always wanted to like show off. Like I had a lot of pride and, you know, it, and God will kind of like humble you to realize like you ain't got everything, bro. Like, you know, I had a new car. I was showing it off. And then I was like, all right, cool. Like, I wasn't making car payments. And then I left the barber shop one day. I was looking fresh. I got in the car and this lady knocks on the window. She's like, hey, we're here to repossess your car. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm going to humble myself. So I love that you touched on that because I feel like pride is such a stronghold in a lot of people's lives. And pride is so destructive. It's very destructive. And I feel like we don't always talk about it enough. Um, personally, I feel like pride. So you and I, we don't know each other that well. So let me tell yep. you, <laughs> um, I'm currently like walking through a divorce and that's due to domestic violence mm -hmm. amongst other factors. And I strongly feel that, uh, pride was one of the factors in why my marriage did not succeed because there was a, personally, I feel like um for my daughter's father like I I wanted him to humble himself and ask for help and hopefully that that would have helped us to move forward and just never happened and I feel like 
and he i think he was it will acknowledge too that he, there was times where his pride definitely was a hindrance or just got in the way of doing what needed to be done so i i, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about pride because that is one example of pride of is your car taken away but how else was pride manifesting in your life because you because as a man you don't want to ask for help because it seems like you're weak you mm-hmm. want to make it seem like you know i got it you know and i and you know in the relationship i'm in now I think that's what, like one of the things I had to realize is like, as you know, as a man, you're not, you're not looking weak when, you know, you're asking for help. And that's just for any man. Like if any man, like, you know, you know, watches this podcast, you know, you're not a, you're not a weak man at all. If you ask for help, cause it's so it's normal. It's so normal to ask for help. And I think that's the biggest struggle. Not, and I don't want to say all men and black men, black men do not, like to ask for help and I and maybe it's because at so many times you know you get let down to the point where it's like ah you know I got it or you just want to have a you know what I you know I can do this on my own I got it I don't really need nobody's help but help is like you need help yeah and I heard uh oh I can't remember who it was it was an uh an older man not older but like probably like 50s or 60s I don't know a black man a well-seasoned black man, <laughs> some with wisdom. Yeah. Uh, it was on a group call for a community that I was in, and he was saying how like there is a cycle uh, that you allow to take place when when you accept help, because there's somebody who's ready to help you, but they can't if you don't allow them to. Yeah. And then so when you, you allow them to help you, it just allows the continuous cycle. Because I mean, it allows the cycle to continue. Because there's, like I said, there's somebody who wants to help you, and then there's you who needs the help, and then you, when you receive the help, just allows it to, mm. it just allows it to continue. So, so and- well, when I, I'm sorry. So when, so one of my aunts had recently passed away this year, and her niece had flew up, and we was at her house, and you know, it was like, hey, if you need anything, you know, you let me know. And I was like, you know, there's a few things I need, but it's like I don't want it. And she's like, in order for me to be blessed, you have to accept the blessing exactly so I think that's what I think that's what you're talking about yeah and I know I did like a TikTok or something on this like year uh probably like two years ago at this point but it's so true it's like there is somebody waiting to help you and then also uh when you are helped it's part of being a blessing like because when you have received much I think it puts you in the position to be able to give much but Mm -hmm. you can't give if there's nobody willing to receive so it's this cycle that I, I think I would encourage anybody who's listening to take a moment and ask themselves, like, what season am I in? Am I in my giving season where I have much to give? Or am yeah. I in my receiving season where I need to allow others in to bless me and help me? So I'm glad we touched on that. <laughs> but yeah, pride is heavy stuff. And I feel like if you don't humble yourself, you will be humbled because I've experienced that in my own life as well well where I'm trying to do things my way and thinking my way is the best and being hard-headed and then God has to come through like "Mm -mm. (laughs) this ain't it (laughs) yeah so I'm happy that we got to touch on that a little bit because I I feel like we don't have enough discussions on pride and and humility and it's so important because pride is out here destroying a lot of good things so it is yeah I'm happy we got to touch on that so, oh, you did 
mentioned uh, being suicidal. And that is something that I can relate to as well. So when in the moment where those thoughts were the heaviest, what was going on? There was just nobody around. Hmm. And I didn't want to talk to God. Do you remember or feel like God was trying to talk to you and you were just shutting him out or you just was? Yeah. At the time, I just wanted human contact. That's real. I feel like that's something that I struggle, not struggle with, but like something that I think about as well in my faith walk, because it's like, oh, talk to God, talk to God. But sometimes there is nothing like having a another person, person's voice or touch or advice, you know, because God does speak to us in a, a variety of different ways. But it's still important to have that human connection as well. Yeah. So I get that. Okay. So I think we can shift a little bit to how you got back up because I think we have a picture of some of the things that have knocked you down in life. Mm -hmm. So what has helped you to get back up to be here and sit here with me and be comfortable enough to even share this stuff? And um, um, yeah. So if she was here, I would share the camera with her, but she is not here. <laughs> so it is. And we're, I'm going to shift a little bit, but I'm going to jump back in the lane. You're good. Every man needs a woman. Like, there is no such thing as, like, I can do this on my own. Like, a man is not strong unless he has a woman. You Like, you can go up to any man who is single and be like, nah, I, I'm good. But deep down inside, they're really not. So, um, I want to say six months ago we met. Well, no, um, seven, eight months ago. And this is, like, I was still, like, in my down phase. Like, trying to figure out like, you know, what's going on. And then this is like, this is going to lead to like how I got, how I received my calling in ministry. So okay. um, we were starting a new season. I'm like, a, I'm a drummer. I'm on a drum line. And she had, you know, pulled up to practice. So, you know, I got, I had gotten to, I slid into her TikTok DM because, you know, her son was a drummer and I was like, Hey, you know what? Here's my number. So we started talking, you know, we started, you know, the dating phase. Um, and one Sunday she had invited me to church. That Sunday I was going to go to the church. I normally go to, I, I was like, I had no plans on going to church at all, like none. And she said, Hey, um, she has screenshotted it. The lady who I know said, Hey, actually, you know, bring John to church with you. So I was like, okay. Um, so I had went to church that Sunday, um, and I went up for the altar call and the lady, her name is Evelyn Stanley. She's such a, she's a powerful woman of God. This is the lady who I was talking to at the altar. Um, and she said, you know, you, you're called to be a preacher, but you just feel like you're not good enough. Um, and everything she said was hitting home. And so that's when I kind of like received my calling to ministry but when I tell you that for the past six to seven months that this lady, this girl, her name is Alexis Renee, she is such a, like, I'm trying to, like, I don't want, I get very emotional when people, like, want me to describe her because it's, like, such a, a surreal feeling. But she has been such, like, a, a rock, like, a solid rock for me. And she's, like, giving me that that push that I really needed in life to, like, be a better version of me 
like she's like in like the time we've been together she's seen me at my lowest and now she's like seen me come out of it to like where I need to be and I'm so like I thankful isn't like the word I ha I could put to like describe her there's like there has to be like another level of like happiness to like put like wow like she's like been like so man mm. I love this. Give her her flowers. <laughs> I try to, but she's allergic. Oh, I'm at like not physical. No, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, she's she's just like at you know at my you know at my lowest point, and I can remember at my lowest point in the relationship, it was like you know she's like she's still been there. Like she's, no, I'm not going anywhere. And I do tell some people what we've been through in like the past six to seven months. I've seen couples go through in three to five years. So we've been through a lot. We're not, I'm not going to dive deep into it. That's like, you know, we, we kind of keep that locked in, but she, I don't know. She's just like, she, I can definitely say she's heaven sent. I love that. And uh, recently I've been hearing uh, in Genesis when God was creating and mm -hmm. how he said it's not good for man to be alone and I will create for him a suitable helper something something like that mm -hmm. and that's it sounds like you found your helpmate so I love that definitely I want to ask as well because you mentioned that she saw you has seen you at your lowest and another thing that I've heard from different guys is that they struggle being vulnerable around a woman, a woman because or women, because in their moments where they have been honest and expressed their emotions, it's been met the wrong way. So how do you feel like your lady has created a safe space for you? Um, just by uh, reassurance. I mean, I don't think, I think reassurance needs to work like, you know, kind of both ways, you know, in a, in a past relationship I was in, it was just like, you know, just want to let you know, like, I would just like kind of reassure them like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm only with you. It's just only you. And then I got the same thing back. But then lo and behold, there was like two to three other guys that this person was talking to. So when you get into another relationship, you gotta, you know, you just gotta trust and create that kind of, safe space of um reassurance i mean you can't it's it's gonna suck because when you hear that it's gonna bring you back to i've heard this before and you know blase blase blah but um i'm trying not to jump off topic but that there's so many things that come to mind when you ask questions but i'm trying to stay on topic oh you know let the spirit lead you <laughs> we got time if we're here to talk you don't know what you might say that somebody might need to hear so but yeah. as far as like a safe space um it's always like I'll, I'll come to her house we're sitting in her driveway and literally we'll just talk we'll go we'll go out to breakfast go out to lunch we'll go out to dinner and we'll talk and I think talking and kind of like opening up not fully, but a little bit, and just, you know, kind of trusting them with what you're telling them, that's what kind of creates a safe space. Yeah, I love that. Communication is so key. Uh pastor that I grew up under says that communication is the lifeline for relationship. And this is true. 
Also, I, I love the analogy that trust is earned in drops and lost in buckets. Mm. And what it feels like I'm hearing you say <clears throat> is that which with e with each conversation, it's like another drop in the bucket, another drop, yeah. another drop. And mm -hmm. that's good because I one thing that I'm learning in this season is that like there is no need to like rush into a relationship or go zero to a hundred. Um, there is value in taking it one step at a time and just really building a, a firm foundation. So it sounds like that's what's taking place in your relationship. And I'm really happy to hear that. Yes, definitely. Yay. I love that. <laughs> is there anything else that you like to share um, about how it is that you've been able to get back up? Um, how do you feel like you've been able to show up as a better father recently as well? Like, has there been any uh, growth in that area? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, granted, you know, it's not like I can see my daughter every day, but when I can, I try to call her, just, you know, to check on and let her know, hey, you know, even though daddy's not here, I'm here. So just like trying to just keep that kind of connection is like, all right, I'm like, I'm kind of comfortable in knowing that, you know, I'm a good dad. That's good. And I'm sure that all those little phone calls and check-ins do mean a lot to her. Yeah. And as far as, okay, so let's say there's somebody listening right now and they know that there's a call on their life, but they don't feel like they're good enough. What would you say to them? Um, I would definitely say follow that call. I mean, the longer you wait, the call is just going to go to somebody else. And that was the thing that was like, you know, prophesied over me was, you know, that Sunday when I went to church, you know, the first lady grabbed the mic and she was like, um, you know, whatever you're doing, she's like, you need to do it and you need to do it in a hurry. And that was kind of like my case of, you know, if I don't take this calling, it's going to go to somebody else. So like the longer you wait, I feel as though that calling is just not going to be there. Yes, it's always going to be over your life, but it's going to take a lot longer for God to get it to you. Yeah, that's true. Um, one thing that I, so my daughter's initials are N O W, mm. and <laughs> at the I like time that. when I was pregnant, and even just as a new mom, I thought that like, oh, I love that because uh, God is able to shift your life now, and He could do things for you now. But after what I've been through, um, and this goes back to our conversation before because. When I got into the relationship with my daughter's father, I was very much in a prideful place, hard headed. Everybody was telling me like, this guy is no good for you. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, um, I really think this is God. Like, I'm going to make it work and we're going to get married and it, like, we'll be all right. We'll figure things out as we go. And I just completely like ignored everybody's advice. I did not accept it because my heart was full of pride thinking that my way was right. And so- mm -hmm. God really humbled me through that experience after like leaving a domestic violence situation and looking back and just being grateful that God spared me because I the situation that I was in probably would have only gotten worse over time and some yeah. people don't even make it out alive out of situations like that so yeah. I look back and I and I was humbled as well because not only did God bring me out of that but like, I really just was down to nothing. Like I had no money in my bank account. I had a newborn baby girl and yeah, moved back in with my parents. So it was a big, 
humbling season a big season of god i'm so sorry i had it all wrong i was not listening to you yeah and um so because of that my perspective mm-hmm. switched from like oh god is able to bless you now god is able to change things for you now to oh you know what maybe n-o-w is actually for when god speaks you better listen now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> be obedient now yeah <laughs> so that definitely fine when i was listening to you uh for the rest of well, not the rest of but like the, the last serious question before we get into some fun questions yeah uh, so i mentioned this before but another big part of get up 10 is all about authenticity and just being yourself and not being so worried about uh how you look or what you sound like or making sure that everything is perfect but still just showing up and showing up as yourself period yeah and so with that being said what does it look like to you to live life with no filter and just be authentically yourself um just a big old goofball that's like that's me. Like, I, I try at times. I try not to show it. But if you see me like in like my uh in a goofy phase, I'm just I'm being myself. Like that's how I am. And like a lot of people will, like tell you like if I'm quiet, a lot of people will, like oh you know there there's got to be something wrong with him because I'm I'm like happy. I'm outgoing. I'm goofy. I love I love country music. I love folk music. I don't I don't listen to rap music. I love Christian music. That's so that that's me, like so living life with no filter, like that's just me. I still watch wrestling, like that's it. Like I'm, like at heart, I still, I don't know that, but that's just me. Like that's how I am. I love that. And have you ever been in situations where you felt like you couldn't be yourself, where people tried to like change you? Yes, my last relationship, hmm. my last relationship I was in, um, she wasn't comfortable with my weight. Um, there was a lot of things that she was very uncomfortable with. And it was people that were close to her that were kind of trying to tell me like, Hey, you know, open your eyes. So yeah. In certain situations, it was like, my weight was like uncomfortable to her. Like the way I looked was like uncomfortable. Like, you know, change your appearance, change this, change that. And you go on and and change change everything for somebody you lose yourself exactly 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 and are you on a weight loss journey i feel like i've seen that on social media yeah do you want to talk about that for me i remember one day i picked my daughter up from school this is when i realized like all right let's take this a little more serious i was picking up my daughter from school and i heard one kid whisper it's like wow why is his stomach so big (laughs) i'm just like no so since then, it's just been like, all right, let's kind of do like, let, let, let's let look more fit. Because, you know, the Bible does say, you know, your body is your temple. So if I want to show people like what my temple really looks like, it's like th- this thing, this can't be it at all. I love that. I love that you're changing also for yourself, not because somebody else said, I mean, obviously, like the remark was, uh, of part of the factors but it wasn't like oh my gosh like they said that I need to lose weight so I'm gonna lose weight it's it's because like you have your own motivation and I get that and at the end of the day you know you only have yourself so it's like when you wake up every day it's like you have yourself so it's like if you're 
if that's how you want to be, if you're comfortable like that, then be comfortable like that. I know for me, it's like I just, I just wasn't comfortable. Exactly. Like when you're on the when you're on the phone and somebody's like, "Wow, I can hear you breathing," and it's just like, "Oh man." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm happy that you <laughs> I'm happy that you said that because it's so true. Um, I've also been on a fitness journey for I think I guess since because I grew up a student athlete. Yeah. And then when I got to the end of college and I realized that I was gonna be transitioning into adulthood and my fitness would be my responsibility, that's when I took my journey into my own hands. And then over the years, um, I've lost weight, I've gained weight, I've had a baby. And so there's all these things. But I think it's really important for people, especially if you are on a fitness journey or thinking about starting one to yeah. hear that you have to decide for yourself, how do I want to look? How do I feel comfortable? Like only you can determine that because everybody's going to have a different opinion about how you should look. Maybe you should be this skinny or maybe you good as you are. Maybe you should be a little bit bigger and thicker for the ladies. But at yeah. the end of the day, you really have to decide for yourself, like, what? how do I feel like my best self? Like, how do I put my best foot forward? What makes me feel good in my own skin and work to be that person? Because that's how what you want for yourself. So important. Yeah. So I, and another thing about touching on that, and it's like, um, I heard this quote, it said as, um, as kids, we look like our parents. As adults, we look like our decisions. So, like when you when you see yourself, it's like, is that like those like that? Soon, sometimes you you can't blame your parents. Like once you get older, it's like you look like the decisions that you've made. Yeah, that's real. Thanks for adding that, because yes, and also I wanted to go back to. Uh, you mentioned how you were in a relationship and she was just uncomfortable with a lot of who you are or were and I also just want to say that when it comes to relationships uh, if you have to water yourself down or become some somebody that you're not to sustain a relationship and that's not mm -hmm. the relationship for you yeah that's a really important lesson that I've had to learn myself as well so I love to hear it from the male perspective. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like I oft, often I, I talk with other women and, and I know so many women that have shared about how we change ourselves for a man, but we don't always hear about the man who's changed himself for a woman. And it does mm -hmm. happen. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to go into some less serious questions now. Okay. <laughs> so I love to travel. Um, I don't know if you're you're the same way or not, but if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Um, man, there's a lot. That, that, that's, a, that's a tough question because it's like the world is so big. If I wanted to go anywhere, I would probably, sheesh, Ginger, you're making this very, very hard right now. This is supposed to be the easy questions. <laughs> it's not because it's not easy because you know if you can go one place, it's like okay, um, all right, real quick, if I can go one place, I would say Cape Verde, my home, like where where my family's from. Oh wow, that's awesome. 
I think I feel like I went to college with a girl from there, but I'm not sure. But that's really <laughs> awesome. And I'm the same way. I'm like, the easier question is, where don't you want to go? Because I really wanted to travel the world. So yeah. I get it. And is there a song that in this season you have on repeat or like a song that you just hold on to? Yes. So it's um, I think the group's name is Bridging the Gap. And the song name is uh, uh, My Worship. And, you know, I will not be silent. I will always worship you. As long as I'm breathing, I will always worship you. So yeah. as soon, so every time, as soon as I get in my car, that is the only, that's like, for me, that's the first song I have to play. I love that song. I think I listened to, I listened to that song, but from a, a different artist. But yeah, it's such a powerful song. And um so important to give God your worship because nobody else could do it for you. So. Definitely. I love that song. And lastly, I like to ask for a book recommendation. So it could be either something that you're reading right now or something that you read before that just like really lit up the light bulb for you or changed something for you. Uh, the Bible. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there a particular scripture or, or a book that has been menacing to you recently? Um, not, I'll, so I'll be honest, I'm going to say no, only because I'm still like in that, in that beginning phase of, all right, let's like, you know, open the book. Um, but I do know there is one verse and say, um, I think it's a uh, seek revenge on no one, save that for me. So it's like, if you want to play with God's children, you go ahead, but I'm going to just let my father handle that business. Yeah, I think I saw that verse recently too, but I I'm not a reference girl. I know what the book says, but I'm not exactly always sure where. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like I saw that verse recently as well, and that's a good one. And shout out to you for getting into the word, cause it's it could be a little overwhelming when you're doing it intentionally for the first time. Um, yeah, I have like read my Bible over the years, but not really with a plan and so I would like start reading and then kind of fall off and so this year I decided to start reading my bible every single day mm -hmm. and I, I actually have a plan and so it breaks down for every day what I'm supposed to read and so yep. it, it'll take me a year to read the bible even though you can do it in less time but yeah. I just like this a lot because it's like a couple chapters that I read each day and it's been really good so I'm happy to hear that you're also getting into the word and it's definitely a game changer. So I really enjoyed our discussion. I think we hit on some really good topics, some topics that I have never really talked about before on my podcast with anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for our conversation. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to share with our listeners in closing? Um, any closing remarks, anything that you forgot to say or would like to say or just anything yeah, that so guys put on your heart? There's one more quote that I always love to follow. It's, uh, it's nothing changes if nothing changes. And I think um, when we wake up every day, it's always like, well, what if I, you know, what would happen if I, you know, if I do this? And it's like, if you don't change nothing, nothing's going to change for you. And I think, I think that's like an everyday thing. Like people like, you know, like Steve Harvey said, you never know what's going to happen if you jump off the cliff unless you do it. And like in a success way, it's like a lot of people want to be successful, but, you know, you're so stuck with that nine to five that, you know, you're scared to be like, well, what if I jump off and, you know, it doesn't work. The, the beginning is always the hardest part. 
But once you start to like, you know, mellow, everything will change. But yeah, if that's like one thing I would leave is nothing changes if nothing changes. I love that. And I hope somebody is encouraged to make that change or take that jump that they've been afraid of. So thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I love what you're doing. I love that you give people the opportunity to come on here and, you know, share their stories, their their business. I I, I love it. It's it's so it's powerful. It's great. Thank you so much. And yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm happy that we had this time to talk and yeah, I'm just grateful. So thank you. Thank you.